surrender to God, we render our old self powerless. There's an interesting story that I read that I want to share with you. It says this, one evening an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. This is a great context for understanding our former self. There is something that, that we are moving away from. And when we read scripture in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, it says this, and this is a New Living Translation, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So a summary of that thought is this, Throw off, let the spirit renew, and put on. And the Bible lays out a plan for us to throw off our old self. Because I think one of the biggest questions is, as we're walking in our Christianity, when we're pursuing Christ, is how do we move further away from the person that we used to be when Christ was not at the center of our life? And, and one of the very easiest uh, or simplest answers is we get closer to Jesus. We, we do have scripture that teaches us kind of like a step-by-step -step of understanding how to move away from our former self. It says this in verse 25 of Ephesians 4. Uh, it says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Now, it's an interesting thing because it's very straightforward. So stop telling lies. And for someone that is a liar or, you know, before they were a Christian, it, deception was the way to success. The realities that scripture teaches us stop. On top of that, it points out, let us tell our neighbors the truth. So if we look at this kind of closely, it says this, start with telling those closest to you the truth. If you speak the truth to those that are closest to you, your neighbors, the people you're interacting with daily, this becomes an accountability and a safeguard to speak truth, to learn how to be uh, genuine and sincere with those that are really around us. In verse 26, it says this, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. In our anger, we are not pursuing our relationship with Christ. We are pursuing whatever injustice, whatever thing that we saw that was wronged or, or done wrong to us or to someone we love, we are pursuing to get revenge or to get justice. And the reality is in that anger, if we let our anger control us, we open ourselves up to being directed by another spirit that is not of God. So don't let anger control you. In verse 28, it says this, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. This is interesting. Stop taking, start building, and start giving. Th those are the steps. 
if you're someone that comes from a background of, of being a thief or it was just so natural for you to steal, you were inclined to see what you could steal. The reality is this, stop taking, start building something. Stop taking, build something and give something. And these are practical steps that we can look at and in every single thing that comes through our hand, we can start to build on it. We can start to give from it. Uh, whether it be just our time, whether it be money, whether it be attention, you know, the, the reality of giving is that we can start building relationships and giving into those relationships. We stop taking and stealing and being deceptive in our practice to people. And so in verse 29, it says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Consider that what you say people hear. And I know that sounds simple. There's an Instagram account called Overheard LA. And all it is, is what people have overheard while out and about in Los Angeles. And the things that go on there are just, they're crazy, they're chaotic, they're, they're confusing. And, and there's a reality that people hear what you say and, and you can encourage somebody just by your speech. And, and the Bible's kind of clear here, don't use foul or abusive language. And there's, there's something that I would like to point out. This is not just to other people. I think some of the harshest conversations you might ever have are speaking to yourself. When you're speaking negatively of yourself and you're critiquing who you are. So don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. In verse 30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Sorrow is deep distress caused by loss or disappointment. Don't lose relationship with the Holy Spirit. Sorrow is deep distress caused by loss or disappointment. And the reality of the Holy Spirit uh, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. And this goes back to the idea of anger, stealing, and all these things that we do. The sorrow or the loss of relationship that could come from us uh, fulfilling our sinful desire or, or temptation and, and the loss of relationship or, or the loss of, of listening to the Holy Spirit. As we become closer to Jesus, the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. And when we respond to that, we are growing. But the thing that becomes a loss is when we fail to yield to what the Holy Spirit is saying. 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. When the conversation turns ugly, explain the beauty of God's grace. That's been one of my, like, I try to hold on to that. When conversations turn ugly, try to point to the, the grace of God in the situation. 
You know, there's a lot of negative things that have happened. We read about things that have happened within the church, outside of the church, with church leaders, with church members, and there's a lot of conversations that could happen to perpetuate the the cycle and to talk about these these issues that are at hand. And some of it, the conversation does have to happen surrounding some of the subjects. The, the conversation has to happen. But some of it, when it comes to people, doesn't need to happen. Slander, uh, you know, a rage, bitterness, anger, harsh words, uh, all types of evil behavior. Uh, the scripture's clear, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So when the conversations turn ugly, Turn to the grace of God in that situation. I want to read to you a few quotes. These speak specifically into the area of the former man. Nothing paralyzes our lives like the attitude that things can never change. We need to remind ourselves that God can change things. Outlook determines outcome. If we see only the problems, we will be defeated. But if we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have victory. Warren Wearsby. Max Licato says, you can endure change by pondering his permanence. Tim Keller says, all change comes from deepening your understanding of the salvation of Christ and living out the changes that understanding creates in your heart. One question that can be challenging for most professing Christians is, who were you? When we speak of testimony, we, we talk about who were you before Christ saved you? Some don't want to address the past, and it's understandable because there are some things that are hurtful, harmful, that you just you don't want to look back at and ponder on or think about. But there's a reality that some don't look back because they're aware that they may not see a change. And the reality of the Christian walk is that we will see a change the closer we are to Christ. None of us are perfect. And God works inward, and that inward work becomes expressed outward. Everything that we're doing and we're in relationship with Christ, that becomes visible externally. In your professing or confessing you're a Christian, the fruit of your life may not present a renewed mindset. And that's something to ponder and think about, because before we can change, we have to recognize our complacency. Meaning, we, we become Christians once we recognize we're sinners. And in that recognition, we know we must change. We are in need of a Savior. Uh, the Christian can see the sin in their past uh, because the Christian has been changed. The sinner cannot because Christ is not in them. The former man holds no authority to the new creation. When we surrender to God, we render our old self powerless. John Gill's exposition of the Bible, specifically in Ephesians says this, the old man or the vitiosity of nature has its lusts and these are deceitful. They promise pleasure and profit but yield neither in the issue. They promise liberty and bring into bondage. They promise secrecy and impunity but expose to shame and render liable to punishment. They sometimes put on a religious face and so deceive and fill men with pride and conceit who think themselves to be something when they are nothing. And through these, the old man is corrupt. By these, the corruption of nature is discovered, and the corruption that is in the world is produced hereby, and these make a man deserving of and liable to the pit of corruption. And this is a good reason why this corrupt old man with respect to the life and conversation should be put off. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we surrender to God, we render our old self powerless.